Fiscal Update is a compilation of brief news articles published by the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency throughout each month. The articles cover actions taken at meetings of state boards and commissions, news releases from state agencies, updates on the status of the state budget, reports on audits of state and local government, and other items of interest to legislators and their constituents. If you would like to receive email notifications when individual Fiscal Update articles are published, please go to www.legis.org iowa.gov slash subscribe or you can follow us on twitter at iowa lsa to view all charts and graphs coinciding with these reports please go to the iowa general assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov click on the publications tab at the top and then click on fiscal analysis in the gray area to the left under fiscal publications click on fiscal update and search for a particular report Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 1, 2016. State Soil Conservation Committee Meeting. The State Soil Conservation Committee met on August 30, 2016 in Des Moines. The following items were discussed. Vince Sitzman, Field Services Bureau, discussed staffing changes and also updated the Committee on Summer Activities that included staffing at the State Fair, working on summer construction projects, and developing a pilot project for a reverse auction. The reverse auction was required in House File 2454, Fiscal Year 2017 Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations Act. Jake Hansen, Water Resource Bureau, discussed the funding for the Iowa Learning Farm that has been partially funded by the Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, or DALS, with monies from the Environment First Fund Federal 319 Grant Program in the Department of Natural Resources, or DNR. The DNR will no longer be able to fund it as the 319 Grant Program has been reduced due to sequestration budget actions. A meeting will be held in September to discuss future funding options. Hansen also discussed closure of agriculture drainage wells. Currently, there are 35 wells that are open and registered with the DNR. The legislature appropriated $1.92 million for fiscal year 2015 and fiscal year 2016, and these funds will close 17 wells. The DALS estimated that all wells could be closed by fiscal year 2021 with continued funding. Susan Kozak, Mines and Minerals Bureau, provided an update on active abandoned mines projects. This included seven projects that are in the construction phase and three in the design phase. Jim Gillespie, director of the Soil Conservation Division, reported that water quality initiative funding for statewide practices has been obligated over 3.8 million acres. This includes 850 first-time participants and 1,000 prior participants. The practices that are available for this funding include cover crops, no-till, strip-till, and N inhibitor when applying fertilizer. Gillespie also reported there are 45 projects that have been funded by the Water Quality Initiative, including 16 targeted watershed projects, 7 innovative practices, and 22 urban water quality practices. Gillespie also discussed the proposed budget request of $61.7 million for fiscal year 2018 that includes Soil Conservation Administration $7.5 million, Water Quality Initiative $30 million, Soil Conservation Cost Share $10 million, Agriculture Drainage Wells $4.6 million, 
Conservation Reserve Enhancement Program, $2.5 million, Conservation Reserve Program, $2 million, Farm Demonstration Program, $650,000, Watershed Protection Fund, $2.7 million, Urban Conservation, $1.1 million, and Less Hills, $600,000. There was a discussion about the annual state committee meeting and tour for 2017 that is usually held in June, as the National Association of Conservation Districts will be holding their annual meeting in Des Moines during July 2017. Members discussed the possibility of canceling the state committee meeting and tour for 2017. A final decision was not made. The next meeting will be held on October 6th. The meeting will either be a teleconference meeting or will be held in Des Moines. Members will be notified later in the month. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Cosell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 1, 2016, School Budget Review Committee Meeting. The School Budget Review Committee, or SBRC, met on August 16, 2016. The committee reviewed two action items and two informational items. The committee then had a work session during which no official action was taken. Hearings. During the hearings time, the committee heard information on the cash reserve levy limit list and a final report on the Columbus School District Phase 1 visit. The Columbus School District visit occurred in April 2016 to review the continued growth of the district's negative unspent budget authority. The committee determined that there was no further action required at this time. The committee also reviewed a request from Bettendorf Community School District to use funds on hand beyond its spending authority to perform upgrades on the district's planetarium. The committee voted in favor. The SBRC also approved amending the fiscal year 2017 budgets of three school districts that had misallocated administrator costs on their certified budgets. Corrections were approved for Cedar Rapids, Council Bluffs, and Glenwood. Work session. The committee heard information on Department of Education editing procedures, plans for tracking the final usage of the, quote, secretary's balance, and general updates from the department. The committee also heard presentations from the Iowa Association of School Boards, or IASB, and Iowa School Finance Information Service, or ISFIS, on school budget projection tools that each organization offers. The SBRC also requested and received information on unspent balance as a percentage of total budget by school district modified supplemental aid as a percentage of total expenditures, and the results of negotiated salary settlements as compared to a district's budget growth. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 7, 2016. Executive Council Meeting. The Executive Council met on Tuesday, September 6, 2016. The following are agenda items approved by the Council. The Iowa Department of Human Services requested the Executive Council approve a resolution of funds for the Iowa Individual Assistance Grant Program totaling $225,000 pursuant to Iowa Code Section 29C.20A. The money is used by individuals or families to replace or repair items affected by a disaster emergency that cannot be met by other means of financial assistance. The following amounts were approved. $200,000 for Alamakee, Clayton, Fayette, Howard, and Winnesheet counties, and $25,000 for Bramer and Chickasaw counties. 
The Iowa Department of Revenue requested authorization to expend monies totaling $200,000 from the litigation expense fund pursuant to Iowa Code Section 441.73 in the first quarter of fiscal year 2017. The litigation expenses will involve preparations for a November contested case hearing of the appeals of Buckeye Transportation and are not estimated to exceed $200,000. The beginning fund balance for fiscal year 2017 was approximately $700,000. This amount included carry forward of $355,000 and a transfer of $345,000 into the fund as authorized by the Executive Council in June 2016. See Fiscal Update News article from June 20, 2016 for additional information on the transfer. The Department of Administrative Services, or DAS, requested an emergency allocation totaling $3,900. The request covered repairs needed for the Buffalo Head drinking fountain on the Capitol Complex. The fountain was damaged due to vandalism on May 17, 2016. Additional information is available from the Legislative Services Agency upon request. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 7, 2016. State Appeal Board Meeting. The State Appeal Board met on September 6, 2016 at the State Capitol Building in Des Moines. The Board took the following action. Approved payment of approximately $5,500 in general claims filed under Iowa Code Chapter 25. The Board denied payment of two general claims for a total of approximately $2,200. Approved payment of four tort claims filed under Iowa Code Chapter 669 for a total of approximately $1,000. The Board denied payment of tort claims totaling approximately $11 million. Judgments. The Board approved a judgment granting the Iowa Environmental Council's fee and other expenses of approximately $52,000 stemming from an action it successfully brought against the Iowa Department of Natural Resources, or DNR. The underlying case involved a challenge to the DNR's anti-degradation implementation procedure set out in 567 Iowa Administrative Code 61.2, subsection 2, paragraph E. Settlements. The Board approved the settlement of three lawsuits for a total of $550,000 claim of negligence against the state of Iowa stemming from the suicide of Jeffrey Whitler while he was an offender at the Iowa State Penitentiary. The State Appeal Board approved the $5,000 settlement. Medical negligence claim against the University of Iowa Hospitals for a quote traumatic delivery that resulted in injuries to the infant. The State Appeal Board approved the $425,000 settlement. University of Iowa physicians will contribute 50% of this sum to the settlement. Case involving allegations of race discrimination and retaliation related to failure to hire claims with the Iowa Workforce Development or IWD and the Department of Administrative Services or DAS. The State Appeal Board approved the $125,000 settlement. The next meeting of the board is scheduled for October 3, 2016 at the State Capitol Building in Des Moines. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 7, 2016. Appropriations Transfer, Governor's and Lieutenant Governor's Office. 
The Legislative Services Agency, or LSA, was notified on September 6, 2016 of a request for transfer of fiscal year 2016 funds under Iowa Code Section 8.39. Up to $31,000 will be transferred from the Governor's and Lieutenant Governor's Office General Office Appropriation to the Governor's Lieutenant Governor's Office Appropriation for the Terrace Hill Quarters. The transfer is necessary to fully cover the daily operational expenses of the Terrace Hill quarters during fiscal year 2016. Action for this transfer will not be finalized prior to September 20, 2016. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 14, 2016. Iowa Statewide Interoperable Communication System Board Meeting. The Iowa Statewide Interoperable Communications System Board, or ISICSB, met September 8, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. Significant agenda items included Statewide Interoperability Coordinator, or SWIC, report. Coordinator Craig Allen reported that he has been working with land, mobile radio, and FirstNet activities. Deputy SWIC report. Deputy SWIC Helen Trojanovich reported. Work is ongoing at the federal level in looking at communications in public safety 5, 10, and 15 years into the future. Developments such as artificial intelligence, increased standards, and faster computing will have impacts. Iowa is involved in developing what this will look like in the future. The six individual regional interoperable committees, RICs, continue their work. In RIC 1, the National Weather Service has approached the committee about being a possible user on the Land Mobile Radio, or LMR, platform. Chairs are still needed in RIC 5 and RIC 6. E911 Council Report E911 Fund Administrator Blake DeRoche reported on several items. The $4.4 million allocation to the Department of Public Safety from the E911 Surcharge Fund for the second lease payment of the land mobile radio platform as directed by Senate File 2326 has been made. Administrative rules pertaining to changes to the E91 Surcharge Fund made by House File 2339 and Senate File 2326 will be considered by the Administrative Rules Review Committee on September 13th. Workshops to educate public safety answering points or PSAPs on the previous legislative sessions law changes are being held in Sioux City on September 27th, in Cedar Rapids on September 29th, at the state's operations center on October 7th, and at the Ramada Tropics on Merle Hay Road in Des Moines on October 24th. 17 consolidation grants to PSAPs for a total of $3.3 million were approved by the council. All of the grant applications approved were of virtual consolidations. User Group Committee. There has been a lot of discussion on device allocation and there is still a lot of work to be done before decisions are made. The board approved the application from Dallas County for access to the ISICS. The user group committee will continue to work with them. Governance Committee. A three-year term for board members has been determined to be the most appropriate. A plan to stagger board turnover is being developed. Operations Committee. Work continues on developing public and private partnerships. 
FirstNet Outreach. Work continues on the Wi-Fi Internet for School Emergencies, or WISE, project. A public meeting to discuss the environmental study from FirstNet was held in Des Moines September 7th. Training and exercise. Training is upcoming in Davenport on September 26th through the 28th. Notice will be posted soon with a link to register. Technology Committee. The committee is working with the P-25 fleet mapping issue. There has been an issue with interoperability channels being programmed on all radios and whether local agencies will be required to do that. FirstNet Broadband. An additional public and private partnership summit for FirstNet was held and there was positive feedback. Additional summits may be held in April and September of 2018. Tribal outreach to the Meskwaki Nation continues. Other reports. A Motorola representative provided an update on the ISICS and stated they are continuing to build out the system. He stated that cooperation on the system for the Iowa State Fair went well. Right now, integrating Woodbury County is a big part of the project and there is a fleet mapping meeting in October. Old business. A pickup truck was purchased to be located with the Strategic Technical Response Trailer in Western Iowa. For now, it will be housed in Atlantic. There has been national attention regarding the WISE program after Governor Branstad released a press release on this initiative. New business. Billing with the Office of the Chief Information Officer, or OCIO, is being worked on as there have been some misunderstandings. It is hoped this will be finalized soon. Also being discussed are future costs for website changes. Chair Lampe declined to sign on behalf of the ISICSB a letter advocating the usage of consolidation grant money for the E911 surcharge fund for radios until the radios to be used on the ISICS are approved by the user group committee. After the committee approves the radios to be used, then he will sign pending board approval. The next board meeting is October 13, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, September 14, 2016. Audit, Iowa Department of Education. Audit Report. The Office of the Auditor of State issued a report on the Iowa Department of Education for fiscal year 2015. Findings related to independent review. The audit report including a finding that the allocation spreadsheets for special education grants and preschool special education grants were not reviewed by an independent person in fiscal year 2015. The department's response was accepted by the auditors. Findings related to internal control. The audit report included four findings related to internal control, payroll. The audit indicated concern over the number of individuals that have access to documents and approved payroll actions. The department responded there is a process in place through which no single individual can control all levels of approval in the payroll system. The auditors accepted this response. Contractual agreements. Auditors tested 52 service contracts that the department established under the authority of Executive Order Number 25 and found issues with the following approval, execution, date timing, missing monitoring and review clauses, lack of pre-contract questionnaires with required signatures, amendments authorized after the end of the contract period, forms required by the Iowa Code that were not completed. The department responded to recommendations affirmatively 
stating that they have corrected workflows, edited contract template language, and modified procedures to ensure that these contract issues do not arise in the future. The auditors accepted this response. Written policies and procedures. There are nine areas for which the auditors recommend the department develop written procedures. The department responded that they will have these procedures and policies in place by June 20, 2016. Segregation of duties. Auditors found there were multiple instances in which a single individual was responsible for incompatible duties. The department has rectified this situation in cases where they were able to and is working to find a solution for the other instance. The auditors acknowledged these changes and urged the department to continue working toward full segregation of duties. Findings related to statutory requirements. Code of Iowa Compliance. Auditors found that the department was out of compliance with four provisions from the Iowa Code, School District and Area Education Agency Equal Employment Opportunity Reporting, Internal Review of Department Rules, Establishment of Vocational Education Regional Planning Boards, and Establishment of a Before and After School Grant Program. The department contested their responsibility for initiating the employment opportunity reporting. The auditors reiterated that statute requires the director of the Department of Education to prepare the report and recommend that the department do so. The auditors also acknowledged the department's response regarding a lack of allocated resources to comply with the internal review of rules, but reiterated the need for the department to comply with the Iowa Code. The department responded that the regional planning boards have been addressed through legislation and the grant program no longer exists because it was not funded. The auditors accepted the responses. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-275-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 16, 2016. Board of Regents approves fiscal year 2018 budget request. Board Action. At its September 8, 2016 meeting, the Board of Regents approved a request for state funding for fiscal year 2018 to be submitted to the Governor and the General Assembly. The fiscal year 2018 request represents an increase of $12.5 million, or 1.9%, compared to estimated fiscal year 2017. General University Funding. The request includes increases in general aid for all three universities as follows. University of Iowa, $4.6 million, or 2%. Iowa State University, $3.7 million, or 2%. University of Northern Iowa, $4.4 million, or 4.6%. Special schools. The request includes an increase in funding for the special schools totaling $796,000 or 5.7%, including a 4% increase for the Iowa School for the Deaf and the Iowa Braille and Sight Saving School, as well as a new appropriation of $245,000 for the Regional Academy in Charles City. Special Purpose Appropriations. With one exception, the request includes a 2% increase for each of the special purpose appropriations for the three universities. The exception is a 9.6% increase for the Math and Science Collaborative at UNI that is part of the Governor's STEM Advisory Council. The requested increase for special purpose appropriations totals 
almost $2 million or 3%. Board of Regents Office. The request includes an increase in funding for the Board of Regents Office of $322,000 or 40.5% to restore the $300,000 reduction in funding in fiscal year 2016 plus a 2% increase. The board also approved requested increases of 2% for the regional study centers and Iowa Public Radio. Other appropriations. The request includes changes in appropriations from the following subcommittees. Economic Development Appropriations, an increase of $676,000 or 7.7%. This includes a 2% increase in existing appropriations and a new request for $500,000 for an entrepreneurship program at UNI. Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations, an increase of $107,000 or 2%. Transportation Infrastructure and Capitals Appropriations, a decrease of $4.2 million minus 12.9% for tuition replacement. The details of the fiscal year 2018 budget request are available on the board's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-238-4536. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 19, 2016. Early Childhood Iowa State Board Meeting, September 2016. The Early Childhood Iowa, or ECI, State Board met on September 9, 2016. Election of Chair and Vice Chair. During the meeting, the board elected David Ahrens as the new chair and Rich Claywell as the new vice chair. Outgoing Chair Joni Lane challenged the board to continue advocating for young children and their families. Presentation from Area Boards. Members of the Cedar Jones Area Board and Director Sherry Hunt presented on the programs that they maintain across Cedar and Jones counties. Programs and services include Child Care Nurse Consultants, Child Care Alliance Response Team, or CART, I Smile Dental Program, Preschool Scholarships, and Read Every Day to Get Ahead, or R-E-D Ahead. As a board, they work to collaborate with school districts, other councils, community action programs, public health, Hawkeye Area Community Action Program, or HACAP, and others to ensure that they are not duplicating efforts. Challenges they face include collaborating with minimal funding, restricted categorical funding, and overall limited resources. ECI Projects. The results, accountability, and public engagement groups presented on work plans they are building that integrate into ECI's strategic plan. Public engagement. The public engagement group is working on raising awareness of the importance of the first five years of life and the importance of ECI as an organization. The group is doing this by engaging communities, legislators, and businesses. The group is also trying to identify non-traditional partners in raising awareness. Results Accountability. The Results Accountability Group is working on updates to the ECI Needs Assessment. This is happening in conjunction with the Needs Assessment Core Group, which is aiming to make the assessment more applicable so that the information gleaned can be used by other programs such as Title V, Iowa Department of Public Health, and Iowa Department of Human Services, as well as others. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-275-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 20, 2016. Natural Resource Commission Meeting and Tour. 
September 7th meeting. The Natural Resource Commission met at Lake Darling State Park located near Brighton, Iowa on September 7th and 8th. The commission toured the park on September 7th and the following was discussed. Emerald Ash Borer. Taiwan Feely, Iowa Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, discussed the problems Iowa is having with the emerald ash borer, or EAB. The EAB is a small invasive insect that bores into ash trees. The insect was first found in Michigan in 2002. The adult insect is metallic green, about one-half inch long, and lives on the outside of an ash tree. The EAB feeds on the leaves during the summer. The larvae look similar to white grubs and feed on the living plant tissue under the bark. The tree dies from this tunneling activity as it disrupts its vascular flow. A survey was completed on several towns and cities in Iowa on the estimated cost to remove ash trees. The following results were received. Waterloo, $15 million. Des Moines, $10 million. Council Bluffs, $23 million. And Sioux City, $52 million. Other items discussed. The tour continued around Lake Darling State Park with Ethan Rutledge, Natural Resources Aide, and Park Ranger Zach Hayworth. Items discussed included the installation of various practices around the park that protect water quality. This includes a water quality swale project that filters stormwater runoff in the parking lot located in front of the lodge. Revenue generated at the park. This includes renting boats and paddle boats as well as renting the lodge and cabins. Several new cabins recently opened this past year and were rented frequently during the summer. September 8th meeting. The commission met on September 8th and the following was discussed. River tours. Director Chuck Gipp stated that the department has been conducting tours on various rivers around Iowa to demonstrate how important rivers are as a resource. This includes Winnebago River in Mason City, Beaver Creek in Johnston, and Cedar River in Waterloo. Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request The Commission approved the Department's budget request for Fiscal Year 2018. This is a status quo budget compared to Fiscal Year 2017. State General Fund requests include Department Operations $12.9 million, Flood Plain Management $2 million, and Forestry Health Management $500,000. Land Acquisitions the Commission approved three land acquisitions from the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation, including two properties totaling 84 acres in Dickinson County near Garlock Slough Wildlife Management Area for a total purchase price of $295,000. Funding is from the Federal North American Wetlands Conservation NAWCA grants. One property with 59 acres near Clear Lake Wildlife Management Area for a price of $260,000. Funding is from the Resource Enhancement and Protection or REAP Fund Open Spaces account. The Commission discussed topics to be included in the next annual report to the legislature and also discussed next year's meeting schedule. The next meeting will be held on October 13th in Des Moines. For additional information, please refer to the Commission's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 20, 2016. Iowa E911 Communications Council Meeting. The Iowa E911 Commission's Council met on September 8, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. E911 Surcharge Fund Administrator Blake DeRoche reported on several items. 
the $4.4 million allocation to the Department of Public Safety from the E911 surcharge fund as directed by Senate File 2326 for the second lease payment of the land mobile radio platform has been made. It has been decided that the E911 surcharge fund will be used to pay for connectivity with the next-gen project. A request for a proposal to accomplish this has been issued and will close on September 21st. Work continues with the Office of the Chief Information Officer to develop and maintain the E911 website. A description of the functions of telecommunicators will be added. Administrative rules pertaining to changes to the E911 surcharge fund made by House File 2439 and Senate File 2326 will be considered by the Administrative Rules Review Committee on September 13th. Workshops to educate Public Safety Answering Points, or PSAP, on the previous legislative session's law changes are being held in Sioux City on September 27th, Cedar Rapids on September 29th at the State Operations Center on October 7th, and at the Ramada Tropics Resort and Conference Center on Merle Hay Road in Des Moines on October 24th. PSAP Grant Applications 17 grants for a total of $3.3 million were approved by the Council. There was discussion regarding if exact criteria has been established for consolidation of PSAPs. At this time, consolidation is interpreted to mean both virtual or physical consolidation as well as virtual consolidation through the sharing of a radio system. All of the grant applications approved were of virtual consolidation. Some council members stated that legislative input is necessary to have a clearer definition of what type of consolidation was meant in House File 2439. There was also concern from the council regarding the approval of grant applications on a first-come, first-served basis means and how exactly that works if several applications applications were received at the same time given the cap of $4.4 million for PSAP grants for fiscal year 2017. Administrator DeRoche explained that the majority of applications were received by email and would have a time date stamp to verify when they were received. DeRoche also stated that an application does not get considered for approval until it has been completely and accurately filled out. He also added that given the cap of $4.4 million for PSAP grants, using a first-come, first-served process is increasingly important as there will probably be more applications than funds available. Legislative Agenda. The Board approved supporting expansion of the E911 Communications Council by one additional member to add a Geographic Information Systems Specialist. It was suggested that since the council does not employ a lobbyist, it would be prudent to write white papers on the different policy changes it favors and to distribute those to the pertinent associations they work with. Also, it was suggested that proposed changes to Iowa Code Chapter 34A may be needed to reflect recent changes. DeRoche stated that he is already working with the Consolidation Study Consultant on proposed Iowa Code changes. Other business, updated bylaws, for the council were amended and approved. Travel expenses for council members wanting to attend the upcoming Association of Public Safety Communications Officials or APCO and National Emergency Number Association or NENA conferences being held in Des Moines in October were approved. The next council meeting will be October 13, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk-Wisner, 
Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 20, 2016. Fiscal Year 2016 Reallocations, Department of Corrections. Reallocation Notice. The Legislative Services Agency, LSA, was notified August 22, 2016 of the reallocation of $308,750 from the Federal Prisoner's Contractual Account and the Fort Dodge Correctional Facility to the County Confinement Account. Funds available for reallocation. There have been savings in the Federal Prisoner Account budget due to fewer offenders from Iowa being sent to federal facilities. Additionally, savings were realized at the Fort Dodge Correctional Facility due to FTE positions remaining vacant in fiscal year 2016 and then being deleted from the table of organization for fiscal year 2017. County Confinement Reimbursements The state reimburses counties for holding alleged violators of work release, parole, or certain operating while intoxicated or OWI conditions of supervision pending a revocation hearing. Valid claims for a county reimbursement have exceeded appropriated funds. In fiscal year 2015, $619,846 was reallocated to the initial general fund appropriation of $1,075,092, an increase of 57.7%. For fiscal year 2016, the total reallocation to county confinement reimbursements has been $633,700, was previously reallocated on June 21, 2016, to the initial appropriation of $1,075,092, an increase of 58.9%, from the general fund appropriation. Fiscal year 2016 total reallocation. The most recent DOC reallocation of $380,700 of general fund appropriations is broken down in the following. Budget, federal prisoner account transfer from $261,100. Budget, Fort Dodge Institution transfer from $47,600. Total reallocated $308,700. Budget County Confinement Transfer to $308,700, total reallocated $308,700. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 20, 2016. Fund Transfer Commerce Revolving Fund, or CRF. Fund Transfer. On September 1, 2016, the Department of Management, or DOM, notified the Legislative Services Agency, LSA, of a fiscal year 2016 transfer of $27.7 million from the Commerce Revolving Fund, or CRF, to the General Fund pursuant to Iowa Code Section 505.7, Subsection 3. The transfer consists of the following. $6.1 million of fiscal year 2016 regulatory fee revenue collected in fiscal year 2016. The Insurance Division of the Department of Commerce makes an annual revenue transfer to the general fund at the close of the fiscal year. The annual transfer consists of additional fee revenue collected in excess of expenditures. $21.6 million in regulatory surplus funds collected beginning in fiscal year 2010. 
The surplus consists of fees in excess of expenditures that have been collected by the insurance division pursuant to Iowa Code Section 505.7, Subsection 3. This one-time transfer of the surplus is not expected to continue in the future. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 20, 2016. College Student Aid Commission Meeting. The College Student Aid Commission met on Friday, September 16, 2016 in Des Moines. In addition to approving changes to administrative rules and hearing routine reports, the Commission discussed and took action on the following items. The Commission also approved a budget request for fiscal year 2018 that is detailed in a separate fiscal update article. ITT Technical Institutes, or ITT. ITT originally applied for a renewal of its Iowa registration in order to continue providing face-to-face -face instruction to students at its campus in Clive, Iowa, and to continue providing instruction in its online programs to currently enrolled Iowans. In response to recent developments regarding ITT, Commission staff recommended approving renewal of the registration for a two-year term, retroactive to May 19, 2016, to allow time to identify transfer or teach-out options at other institutions. Recent developments involving ITT. ITT's accrediting agency, the Accrediting Council for Independent Colleges and Schools, or ACICS, has been undergoing a review of its recognition by the Federal Department of Education. The first two steps in the review produced a recommendation that the department withdraw its recognition of the agency. A final decision is expected later in September. In the meantime, on April 20, 2016, ACICS issued a show cause directive to ITT requiring the institute to submit information related to concerns over the administrative capability, organizational integrity, financial viability, and ability to serve students in compliance with ACICS standards. On August 25, 2016, the Federal Department of Education announced additional conditions on ITT's participation in federal student aid programs. On September 6, 2016, ITT announced that it was discontinuing any campus-based instruction and will cease offering online instruction after the current online program term ends on October 16, 2016. With ITT's intent to cease all operations, ACICS has confirmed that the Institute will remain accredited through October 16. Impact on Iowa ITT students. As of September 6, there were 23 students enrolled at the Clive campus who will be unable to complete their programs. On October 16th, there will be 14 Iowa students enrolled in the online program who will be unable to complete their programs. ITT is cooperating with the Commission staff to develop transfer or teach-out agreements to provide contingencies for these 37 students at other institutions. Commission Action on ITT Registration the Commission approved several of ITT's registration for one year or until ITT ceases operations, whichever is earlier. Proposed legislation for 2017 session. The Commission approved the following four proposals for revisions to statute that will be forwarded to the Governor's Office as agency bills for the upcoming legislative session. Iowa Code Section 261.2 Duties of the Commission Add a paragraph to authorize loan write-off. Iowa Code Sections 261.110 and 261.112 Teach Iowa Scholar Programs and Teacher Shortage Loan Forgiveness Program. 
add language to ensure that teachers eligible to to participate in both programs receive awards from one or the other, not both. Iowa Code Chapter 261B, Registration of Post-Secondary Schools, mostly cleanup revisions to ensure that the process is administered as intended by the General Assembly. Iowa Code Sections 261.114, 261.116, and 261.239, Rural Iowa Advanced Registered Nurse Practitioner and Physician Assistance Loan Repayment Program, Registered Nurse and Nurse Educator Loan Program, and Iowa Needs Nurses Now Initiative. Revisions to combine the first two programs and eliminate the third, which has never been funded. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 20, 2016. College Student Aid Commission Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request Approval of Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request The College Student Aid Commission approved the Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request prepared by Commission staff for submission to the Department of Management, or DOM. As in previous years, the Commission members also approved their own requests for Fiscal Year 2018 funding. Agency Budget Request the request prepared by staff and approved for submission to DOM included only one change compared to estimated fiscal year 2017 funding. The appropriation for the National Guard Education Assistance Program was reduced to $2.1 million in fiscal year 2017 to reflect decreased demand and to require depletion of a carry-forward balance from fiscal year 2016 and an anticipated balance at the end of fiscal year 2017. The agency is requesting restoration of the appropriation to $5.1 million in fiscal year 2018, an increase of $3 million. Commission Budget Request The Commission's request includes the following increases totaling $5.7 million from the General Fund and $8,000 from the Skilled Worker and Job Creation Fund, or SWJCF. Agency Administration, $9,000, or 2%. All Iowa Opportunity Foster Care Grant, $9,000, or 2%. All Iowa Opportunity Scholarship, $57,000, or 2%. Barber and Cosmetology Tuition Grant, $700, or 2%. College Work Study, $1.3 million, not funded in fiscal year 2017, restores funding to statutory level. National Guard Educational Assistance, $3.1 million or 148.6%. Health Care Professional Recruitment, $8,000 or 2%. Registered Nurse and Nurse Educator Loan Forgiveness, $2,000 or 2%. Rural Nurse Physician Assistant Loan Repayment, $4,000 or 2%. Rural Iowa Primary Care Loan Repayment, $32,000 or 2%. Iowa Teacher Shortage Loan Forgiveness, $8,000 or 2%. Teach Iowa Scholar Program, $8,000 or 2%. Iowa Tuition Grant Nonprofit, $979,000 or 2%. Iowa Tuition Grant for Profit, $40,000 or 2%, Vocational Technical Tuition Grant, $45,000 or 2%, and Skilled Workforce Shortage Grant, $8,000 or 2%, SWJCF Appropriation. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 20, 2016. 
Audit Report Special Investigation at Iowa State University. Audit Report. The Auditor of State has released a report of a special investigation of the Center for Agricultural Law and Taxation, or CALT, at Iowa State University, or ISU, for the period of April 1, 2009 through December 15, 2015. The investigation was requested by ISU officials because of concerns regarding former CALT Director Roger McEwen, who was placed on paid administrative leave December 16, 2015. Mr. McEwen was employed by the university from August 15, 2004 until his resignation on January 5, 2016. While Director of CALT, Mr. McEwen also owned and operated a business providing services virtually as same as those provided by CALT. He disclosed his personal business, McEwen PLC, in forms filed annually with the university, but the forms did not make clear the similarity in services. Although there was a notification made by ISU staff on the 2011 form indicating that follow-up was needed, it appears no follow-up took place. As a result of the conflict of interest between his role as director of CALT and his personal business, Mr. McEwen received collections that should have been deposited to CALT. Investigation results. The investigation identified a total of $325,000 of diverted collections and improper and unsupported disbursements as follows. Diverted collections totaling $280,000 received and deposited to Mr. McGowan's personal or business accounts. $278,000 for speaking at seminars without reporting any vacation time from CALT and for which he used CALT materials. $2,000 for speaking at CALT-sponsored seminars. $290 from the sale of Mr. McEwen's textbooks to students he taught at ISU. Improper disbursements totaling $44,000 for excess vacation costs and an improper vacation payout. Payments for days when Mr. McEwen did not take vacation but attended conferences or seminars as a presenter, although not a representative of CALT and travel expenses reimbursed by the university. Unsupported disbursements of $1,000, including travel reimbursements to Mr. McEwen. Recommendations. The report includes a recommendation for the university to strengthen internal controls and overall operations by taking an active role in confirming and evaluating potential conflicts of interest and commitment reported by employees. More information. The report has been filed with ISU, the Board of Regents, the Division of Criminal Investigation, the Story County Attorney's Office, and the Office of the Attorney General. The full report is available on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515 281 5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 21, 2016. Iowa Telecommunications and Technology Commission Meeting. The Iowa Telecommunications and Technology Commission met on September 15, 2016. The Director of the Iowa Communications Network, or ICN, updated the Commission on changes made to the ICN financial statements and on an upcoming review of staffing procedures and assignments. The director also updated the commission on the 200 GB comprehensive core transport upgrade strategy for the ICN. The ICN staff reviewed the results of the 2016 customer survey and discussed findings in the most recent audit report. 
Action items. The Commission voted and approved the following action items. Signatures. The Commission approved updating the signature authorities on binding contracts to reflect that the Chief Administrative Officer is the primary contracting officer and the Chief Operating Officer is the secondary contracting officer. Fiscal Year 2018 Appropriation Request. The Commission approved a request of $1.2 million for network equipment purchases. This is no change compared to fiscal year 2017. This appropriation request, in conjunction with the ICN's status as a, quote, common carrier under federal law, allows the state to receive Universal Service Funds, or USF, reimbursements for eligible services on behalf of the ICN's K-12 school and library users. Approval of Fiscal Year 2018 Video Conferencing Rates The Commission approved the following Motion Picture Experts Group, or MPEG, rates for Fiscal Year 2018. This is no change compared to Fiscal Year 2017. The MPEG video is set to sunset, June 30th, 2018. Base rate, $75.20 per hour per site. E-rate supported K-12 public library, $19.75 per hour per site. Non-E-rate supported K-12 public library, $9.50 per hour per site. Post-secondary community college, $12.04 per hour per site. Post-secondary regents, private university, $12.04 per hour per site. Other training use, $17.21 per hour per site. Administrative use, $31.39 per hour per site. Federal and telemedicine use, $75.20 per hour per site. The Commission approved a decrease to the Internet Protocol, or IP, video rates from $155 per hour per site to $116.25 per hour per site. This is a decrease of $38.75 per hour per site, or 25%. The change applies to the IP rates for the following groups. Higher education, K-12 schools and libraries, state government, federal government, health care, and others. The next scheduled commission meeting is October 19, 2016. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 21, 2016. Environmental Protection Commission meeting. The Environmental Protection Commission, or EPC, met on September 20, 2016 in Des Moines at the Capitol. The following was discussed. Environmental Services. Bill M., Division Administrator, Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, provided an update on activities in the Environmental Services Division. The changes to the administrative rules for animal feeding operations will be discussed at the October EPC meeting. Several DNR staff members are developing a manual for the management of rivers in Iowa. This includes best management practices with projects such as stream bank stabilization. In October, there will be a demand for a hearing on a hog confinement operation in Cerro Gordo County. The Cerro Gordo County Board of Supervisors asked the DNR to deny a construction permit for River Edge Farms, LLC, to build a facility that would house close to 5,000 head of finished hogs near Ventura. Supervisors that work in the Environmental Services Division are conducting process reviews related to the issuance of permits to expedite the process. Nutrient Reduction Strategy Adam Schneider's DNR and Laurie Wisler 
Iowa State University provided a summary on the fiscal year 2015 annual report of the nutrient reduction strategy. This included discussion of money. Approximately $123 million was directed toward research and projects for the nutrition reduction strategy. This includes appropriations from the legislature, grants, and sustainable funding. There are 149 wastewater treatment facilities in Iowa, and 86 of them have completed feasibility studies and have been reissued permits. Another 20 facilities have completed the feasibility study phase but have not been reissued permits. Iowa State University continues to work with conservation partners to refine data collection methods that will improve accuracy and avoid double counting. Budget Request The Commission approved the Department's budget request for fiscal year 2018. This is a status quo budget compared to fiscal year 2017. State general fund requests include Department of Operations $12.9 million, Flood Plain Management $2 million, and Forestry Health Management $500,000. Drinking Water Report The Iowa Public Drinking Water Program 2015 Annual Compliance Report was presented to the Commission. Highlights included There are 1,878 regulated public water systems in Iowa that serve more than 2.9 million people. This includes 1,098 community water systems, 141 non-transient water systems, schools, churches, daycare, etc., and 639 transient water systems, parks, restaurants, bars, etc. There were no reported waterborne illnesses or deaths from Iowa Public Water Supply Systems in 2015. Water Use Permit. The Commission approved the annual fee of $66 for the annual water use permit. The fee for fiscal year 2015 and fiscal year 2016 was $99. The reduction in the fee is due to a decrease in information technology expenditures. In fiscal year 2015, the amount expended was $152,000, and for fiscal year 2016, the amount was $16,000. Contracts approved. The following contracts were approved. A $32,000 contract with INS Group Incorporated to update the Iowa Storm Water Management Manual. The contract will be funded with storm water permit fees. A $311,000 contract with the United States Geological Survey, or USGS, in Iowa. Funding is from the Environmental First Fund. The contract will add a stream gauge and provide real-time water quality support. An $88,000 contract with the State Hygienic Laboratory at the University of Iowa for groundwater monitoring. An $82,000 contract with the Federal Department of Agriculture Animal Research Service Laboratory to provide ambient groundwater analytical support. Administrative rules. The following rule packages were approved. A notice of intended action for Chapter 61 water quality standards. This adds new methods for testing for copper as identified by the Federal Environmental Protection Agency. Final rules that reorganize the following chapters. Chapter 100, Scope of Title, Definitions, Form, Rules of Practice, Chapter 101, Solid Waste Comprehensive Planning Requirements, and Chapter 111, Annual Reports of Environmental Management Systems. Final Rules on Floodplain Management Practices. The changes will reduce the need for contractors to seek waivers and variances. Also, the rule change will provide exemptions for floodplain development permit requirements for certain activities, such as excavation for conservation practices, or for installation of signs and utility poles. The changes were developed 
with a stakeholder group that included electric utilities and the Federal Natural Resources Conservation Service. The next meeting will be held on October 18, 2016 in Windsor Heights. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 23, 2016. Working Group on Alcohol Regulation Policy. Meeting Purpose and Members. The working group assigned to conduct a comprehensive review of Iowa Code Chapter 123 met on Friday, September 9, 2016, at the Urbandale Public Library. The working group, which was established by the Iowa Alcoholic Beverage Division, or ABD, together with the Iowa Economic Development Authority, or IEDA, is tasked with taking a comprehensive look at Iowa's current alcohol regulation policy and the challenges that the three-tier distribution system presents for various members of the alcoholic beverage industry. Members of the working group include Debbie Durham, Co-Chair, Director, Iowa Economic Development Authority, or IEDA, Stephen Larson, Co-Chair, Director, Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Division, or ABD, Roxanne Ryan, Commission, Iowa Department of Public Safety, DPS, various industry representatives including individuals from the Iowa Brewers Guild, the Iowa Wine Growers Association, the Iowa Restaurant Association, the Iowa Wholesale Beer Distributors Association, as well as several individuals representing the retail and public sector. Discussion. All members of the group were introduced and allowed the opportunity to share their involvement in Iowa's alcoholic beverage industry. Upon completion of the member introduction, a period of public comment was held. No action was taken at the meeting. The next meeting of the working group will be held on Wednesday, September 28, 2016 at 2 p.m. at the FFA Enhancement Center located on the DMACC campus at 1055 Southwest Prairie Trail Parkway in Ankeny, Iowa. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 23, 2016. Transportation Commission September Meeting. The Transportation Committee met on September 13, 2016 in Ames. The topics covered included Revitalize Iowa's Sound Economy or RISE application, Sioux City. RISE is a program created in 1985 with the purpose of promoting economic development in Iowa through the establishment, construction, improvement, and maintenance of roads and streets. The Commission previously approved Sioux City's RISE application. At the meeting, Sioux City requested an increase of $539,630 to the grant to add additional road improvements. The Commission approved the request, bringing the total grant to $5,360,630. Fixing America's Surface Transportation, or FAST, Act Implementation Policies the Federal FAST Act, passed in December 2015, authorized $305 billion through a combination of Federal Highway Trust Fund revenues and transfers from the General Fund. It provides $226 billion for the Federal Aid Highway Program, $61 billion for public transit programs, $7 billion for highway safety programs, and $10 billion for rail passenger programs. The Commission discussed and approved FAST Act implementation policies that were developed after stakeholder outreach and input. Administrative Rules 
the department discussed and the commission approved proposed amendments to the following code chapters. 761, Iowa Administrative Code Chapters 424, 430, and 451, a technical update to reflect the consolidation of two offices, the Offices of Vehicles Services and the Office of Motor Carrier Services, into a single office known as the Office of Vehicle and Motor Carrier Services. 761, Iowa Administrative Code Chapter 451, clarifies the process for issuing a certificate of designation as an authorized emergency vehicle. Iowa Code Section 321.451 authorizes the department to designate a privately owned vehicle as an authorized emergency vehicle and to issue a certificate of designation for the vehicle. The amendment clarifies that the department may deny the application for designation if it does not show that the vehicle will be used as an authorized emergency vehicle or if necessity for the designation has not been demonstrated. The amendment clarifies that the department may deny an application or revoke designation if the applicant or certificate holder fails to comply with applicable provisions of Iowa Code Sections 321.231 or 321.451 is no longer eligible for the certificate or otherwise abuses use of the certificate. The amendment also specifies the appeal process for an applicant or certificate holder that is denied a certificate or whose certificate is revoked. The next meeting of the Commission will be October 10th and 11th, 2016 in Dubuque. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Tim Crellin, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 23, 2016. Public Safety Advisory Board Meeting. The Public Safety Advisory Board, or PSAB, met September 21, 2016 in the Jesse Parker Building on the State Capitol Complex. Driver's License Revocations, Iowa Department of Transportation, or DOT. Mark Lowe, Transportation Division Director, presented information on driving sanctions in fiscal year 2016. Lowe noted the disproportionate focus on sanctions for reasons not related to safety with 63% of all the sanctions occurring for financial reasons. In fiscal year 2016, 46% of the driving sanctions were imposed for failure to pay fines and 9% for failure to pay child support. Discussion on the potential positive and negative effects of removing the sanctions for failure to pay fines or child support followed. Risk Assessment for Drug Offenders, Iowa Department of Corrections, or DOC. Letty Prell, DOC Director of Research, presented on the Risk Assessment Evaluation Process. The risk assessment is comprised of three evaluations, Iowa Violence and Victimization Act, or IVVI, Iowa Risk Revised, or IRR, and Dynamic Risk Assessment. The IVVI and IRR used a formula to predict the likelihood of recidivism, and the dynamic test involves getting to know the person whether they are likely to reoffend based on their specific circumstances. Research on Issues from Governor's Working Group. In May 2016, the PSAB reviewed and prioritized the following issues from the Governor's Working Group for further review. The Criminal and Juvenile Justice Planning, or CJJP, division made the following findings. 1. Revised 2010 Report on Crack, Powder, Cocaine Disparity. Since 2010, the PSAB has endorsed the reduction of disparity between crack and powder cocaine penalties. There is a disagreement with the board of how, quote, equalization of the offenses may be accomplished. 
Discussion followed the report and the board determined it would need to learn more about the issue before making a decision on the, quote, equalization plan it would endorse. Study alternatives to prison. The DOC provided information on the current alternatives to prison that are in place. Discussion followed regarding best practices and the results first program, which has been working with the DOC to analyze the long-term costs and benefits within the prison system. The board discussed further research on reduction of the recidivism rate and analyzing the effectiveness of the system. Research non-criminal suspension revocation of driver's licenses. The group also identified the decriminalization of marijuana possession as a potential area to review. Due to time constraints, the board was not able to discuss the last two issues. The board will discuss all of the issues and any possible recommendations at the next meeting. The board is scheduled to meet November 16, 2016 in room 201 of the Lucas Building on the Capitol Complex. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 23, 2016. Audit Report, Department of Administrative Services. Audit Report Released. The Auditor's Office recently released a report regarding the Department of Administrative Services, or DAS, for the year ended June 30, 2014. Financial Reporting. The Generally Accepted Accounting Principles, or GAAP, package is required to be submitted to the DAS State Accounting Enterprise, or SAE, by the first week of September each year. The audit found that accounts payable had been understated by $1,579,363 and that $85,545 in the GAAP package had been recorded in the wrong fund. Both findings were properly adjusted for reporting purposes. Recommendation. The DAS should ensure that the GAAP package information is reported completely and accurately. Response. The DAS agrees with the recommendation. The DAS SAE payroll accountant has set up an annual reminder to confirm that the Wellmark Standard Assessment annual billing has been received, paid, and recorded in a timely manner under the proper fiscal year. The annual billings do not arrive from the vendor on a regularly recurring set schedule. However, the DAS SAE will work with the vendor to see if a set schedule can be agreed upon. In addition, changes made to the GAAP package information did not go through the two-step review process. However, the DAS states this will be changed going forward. Conclusion. The Auditor's Office accepted the DAS response. Purchasing billing rates. The Customer Council under the authority of the Department of Management or DOM reviews the DAS utility rates, establishes a rate methodology, and approves rates to be billed to all state agencies for services provided by the DAS. Rates include a purchasing utility administrative fee for the procurement of goods and services used by and on behalf of state agencies. The fee is an allocation based on the percentage of the user of master agreements. The DAS received rebates from vendors and the savings are passed on in the form of a rate reduction and rebate based on the same allocation used for purchasing administrative fee. During testing, the auditor's office found that certain agencies were billed incorrect amounts for the purchasing utility. In addition, the allocation for the fiscal year 2014 rebate was incorrectly calculated from the fiscal year 2013 rates. 
Recommendation. The DAS should review rates billed to customers to ensure that only approved rates are used. Rebates should be reviewed to ensure that agencies received rebates using the same allocation percentages used to calculate purchasing utility billing rates for the corresponding fiscal year. Response. The DAS agrees with the recommendation. A new process has been implemented to verify the information submitted for the DAS utility service rates against the monthly billing file in the eDAS system. This ensures that the file processed for billing agrees with the agency total on the submitted file. The methodology used to determine the allocation of a rebate to customers is based on the usage of the service in the fiscal year in which the rebate will be provided. The rebate is credited to agencies through the EDAS system on the agency's monthly billing. This process was not followed in fiscal year 2014 when the rebate for purchasing was calculated. Future rebates will be calculated following the new process. Conclusion. The Auditor's Office accepted the DAS response. The audit report is available on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 27, 2016. State Board of Education Meeting, September 2016. The State Board of Education met in Monticello, Iowa at Kirkwood Community College on September 15, 2016. At the meeting, the Board heard the reading of public comments on the Notice of Chapter 62 Rules, addressed concerns over the coverage of the annual audit, noticed and adopted several rules, saw accreditation reports, and heard issue reviews on declining enrollment challenges and Early Literacy Initiative and Teacher Leadership and Compassion Grant Implementation Practices. Public Comments Eight emailed or mailed public comments were read to the Board. All of the comments referred to the Notice of Rules Chapter 62 regarding retention for non-proficient readers after third grade and centered on concerns with the retention requirements. Director's Comments Annual Audit and the Des Moines Register's coverage, Director Ryan Wise commented that the department takes the audit very seriously each year and the department has already taken corrective steps to ensure that many of the improper signage processes will not occur in the coming year. The Register also printed a correction in the newspaper that originally conflated the contract signage process and the contract bidding process. Early Literacy System Concerns the data systems that teachers across the state are supposed to use to do their progress monitoring and store their FAST data has not been functioning correctly. Deputy Director Dave Tilley and the vendor for the program are working to ensure full usability going forward. The director reiterated that FAST is a screening tool, not a diagnostic. Rules Review. Chapter 56, Notice of Rules Change. Brings vocational rehab services in compliance with recent legislation and federal rules. Chapter 79, Notice of Rule Change. Changes the standards for practitioner and administrator prep program rules so that they meet the recent changes to the Iowa Code, including the requirement that teacher preparation programs include identification of dyslexia, updates, and TSC standards, and clarifies the requirement on classroom management for high-risk behaviors. Chapter 15, Notice of Rule Change. Permits a school district to submit a one-year waiver to provide instruction for an, quote, offer and teach subject through an online course that is not available through Iowa Learning Online. 
Chapter 49, Adoption of Rule Change. Adopts rules around the, quote, individual career and academic plan, clarifying how a school may use its career information system to meet the minimum requirements. Chapter 62, Notice of Rule Change. These rule changes are based on legislation that was passed in 2015. The changes update the rules to meet the requirements in that legislation. During the conversation and throughout the meeting, Deputy Director Tilly and Director Wise reiterated that in the department's interpretation of the legislation, third grade retention will not be based solely on a student's proficiency on a reading assessment and that the decision to retain a student will be made at the district level. The department is working on comprehensive and clear guidelines on the retention clause of Chapter 62 rules. Accreditation reports. North Iowa Community College successfully presented its accreditation report. Green Hills AEA and Mississippi Bend AEA paraeducator certification programs were reapproved. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-275-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 27, 2016, IPERS Investment Board Meeting. The Iowa Public Employees Retirement System, or IPERS, Investment Board met on Thursday, September 22, 2016. COLA Study. The Chief Executive Officer, Donna Mueller, updated the Board on the results of the Benefits Advisory Committee, or BAC, 2016 Cost of Living Adjustment, or COLA, study. The proposal completed by the actuary applies to all three retirement groups in IPERS, regular membership, sheriffs and deputies, and protection occupation. The study includes the following options. 1. An annual COLA equal to the lesser of the Consumer Price Index, or CPI, and 2% of the member's monthly benefit compounded. Would commence at age 66 or one year after retirement, whichever is later. 2. A COLA percentage that could be purchased with a 1 percentage point increase in contributions compounded. Would commence at age 66 or one year after retirement, whichever is later. 3. A 2% COLA calculated on the member's monthly benefit amount up to $22,000. This option is an annual simple COLA rather than compounded. Would commence at age 75 or one year after retirement, whichever is later. This option is prorated based on years of service with the maximum being 30 years. Under the proposal, funding for the COLA would be effective July 1, 2017, fiscal year 2018. The COLA implementation date would be July 1, 2026, fiscal year 2027. All three options would increase the active member's annual actuarial contribution rate and the unfunded actuarial liability, or UAL, of the IPERS Trust Fund. The Chief Investment Officer, or CIO, Carl Koch, updated the board on the current market value of the IPERS Trust Fund. As of September 9, 2016, the trust fund balance was $28.8 billion. The CIO also updated the board on a consultant and manager watch list. Oak Tree, a U.S. high-yield company, was removed from the list, and GAM, a Pacific Basin Equities company, was added to the list for one year on July 19, 2016. The GAM invests 0.57% of the IPERS fund. The board heard a presentation from Paul Martiniello of CEM Benchmarking on the investment cost effectiveness analysis for the five-year period ending December 31, 2015. A summary of the results includes the following. IPERS five-year 
net total return was 7.59%. This was above the U.S. median of 7.25% and above the peer medium of 7.50%. IPER's five-year policy return as calculated by CEM was 7.54%. This was above the U.S. median of 7.32% and effectively equal to the peer median of 7.46%. IPER's five-year net value added was 0.05%. This was equal to the U.S. median of 0.05% and equal to the peer median of 0.05%. IPER's investment cost of 46.6 basis points, or BPS, was below the benchmark cost of 46.7 BPS, suggesting that the fund was slightly lower cost compared to the peer group. The IPERS fund is slightly lower cost because IPERS paid less than the peer group for similar services. The IPERS fund achieved a five-year net value added of 5 BPS and cost savings of 7 BPS. IPERS asset risk of 9.2% was above the U.S. median of 9.1%. Eileen Neal of Wilshire Associates presented an update on the 2016 Fiscal Year Investment Performance Review and the Annual Asset Allocation Review. The Fiscal Year 2016 Annual Investment Performance of the IPERS Trust Fund was 2.15%. Board Action. The IPERS Investment Board took the following actions. The Board voted to approve the expenditure of $20,000 from the IPERS Trust Fund to accelerate the economic piece of the IPERS Experience Study. Without the expenditure, the Experience Study would not have been scheduled to occur for another 18 months. The Board reviewed and approved revisions to the investment policies and goal statements. The Board approved the IPERS Fiscal Year 2018 and Fiscal Year 2019 budget requests of $17.7 million and 88.1 full-time equivalent positions, or FTEs, respectively. This is no change in funding or FTE positions compared to Fiscal Year 2017. A total of $2.5 million was reverted back to the IPERS Trust Fund for Fiscal Year 2016. Additional information is available on the IPERS website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 27, 2016. Iowa Public Information Board meeting, September 2016. The Iowa Public Information Board, or IPIB, met on September 15, 2016 in Des Moines. The board took the following action. Accepted cases. The board accepted three complaints for further review. These cases include allegations of public record violations against the University of Iowa and the Page County Sheriff's Office, The board also accepted two complaints of an open meetings violation allegation claimed against the Regional Environmental Improvement Commission, or REIC. These cases will be investigated and reported on at the October 2016 meeting. The board also approved three proposed advisory opinions by the board's director, Charlie Smithson, regarding various topics, including the process of a local government body hiring a private attorney. Additionally, the board also tabled a request for a declaratory order regarding the Iowa Department of Public Health's, or IDPH, administrative rules on copying and examining vital statistics records. The board directed the IPIB staff to meet with the department regarding these rules. 
dismissed cases. The board dismissed nine complaint allegations, including one probable cause report. The board found that these cases were either legally insufficient or did not fall under the board's authority pursuant to Iowa Code Chapters 21, Open Meetings, and 22, Open Records. Pending cases, three action items were voted by the board to be tabled and discussed at the October 2016 meeting. Two of these items reference contested cases involving an alleged public records violation regarding body camera video obtained in a January 2015 shooting of an unarmed woman by a police officer in Burlington, Iowa. The board sent both contested cases to the Administrative Hearings Division of the Department of Inspections and Appeals, or DIA, in May 2016. In September 2016, the cases were dismissed on grounds of a procedural error. At its September 2016 meeting, the board voted to reopen these cases and discuss them at the October 2016 meeting. Informal resolution. The board unanimously voted to adopt three informal resolutions. Upon the completion of the terms of these resolutions by both involved parties, the associated alleged complaint will be dismissed. New board members. Two new board members appointed by Governor Branstad were introduced at the September 2016 meeting. Renee Tweed of Story City, Iowa will serve as a government representative to the board until her term ends in 2020. Mary Ung's Sogard of Dyersville, Iowa will serve as a media representative to the IPIB until her term ends in 2020. The next meeting of the board is scheduled for October 20, 2016 in Des Moines. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 27, 2016. Drug Endangered Children Workgroup Meeting. The Drug Endangered Children, or DEC, Workgroup held its first meeting on Thursday, September 22, 2016, in the State Capitol Room 102 in Des Moines. Purpose, the workgroup was established in Senate File 2258 during the 2016 legislative session. The work group's goal is to improve the current Department of Human Services Differential Response Program by examining the impact of differential response on the health and safety of drug-endangered children and by providing a concrete definition of the term, quote, drug-endangered child. The work group is scheduled to submit recommendations to the legislature by December 15, 2016. Discussion. Dave Woolery, Office of Drug Control Policy, reviewed Iowa drug abuse statistics and trends, and Janie Harvey, Child Welfare Bureau Chief at the Department of Human Services, provided an overview of criteria for child abuse assessments and shared drug-related child welfare data. The next work group meeting will be held on November 17, 2016, at the state capitol. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 219-677-6698. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 27, 2016, Child Welfare Advisory Committee Meeting. The Iowa Child Welfare Advisory Committee, or CWAC, met on September 23, 2016 at the Drake Legal Clinic. Wendy Rickman of the Department of Human Services, or DHS, shared that the fiscal year 2018-2019 DHS budget requests are status quo requests, with the exception of several requests for the replacement of one-time TANF dollars with the general fund money in the areas of child and family services, 
child care assistance, and field operations. George Belitzos, voting member of the Child Welfare Advisory Committee, mentioned a previous motion by the committee to request an increase in field operations to support field staff. Federal Review Federal partners were in Des Moines, Iowa during the week of September 18, 2016 to review case reading activities and processes for child and family services. Additionally, a federal review of Iowa's Title IV-E program resulted in a passing score without any errors. Federal Title IV-E reviews detail the strengths and weaknesses of the state's 4e program, including judges, orders, income maintenance, and licensing requirements. The reviews also identify technical assistance that may be needed for program improvement. The next meeting date for the CWAC has not been scheduled. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 27, 2016. Audit Report, Iowa Communications Network. Audit Report Released. The Auditor's Office released a report to the Iowa Telecommunication and Technology Commission, or ITTC, regarding the Iowa Communications Network, ICN, for the year ended June 30, 2016. Internal Controls. The Auditor reported the following findings in regard to internal controls. Password Controls. User identification numbers and passwords identify users and control access to system resources. Strong passwords require at least eight characters in length, including a combination of alpha, numeric, and special characters. After a limited number of consecutive unsuccessful attempts, a user should be locked out of the system until the user's access can be verified and the password can be reset. Passwords should be changed every 60 to 90 days and should not be allowed to be reused. Recommendation, the ICN should take steps to strengthen password controls. Response, the current ICN billing system now has the capability to force password changes every 60 to 90 days. Passwords cannot be reused and require a combination of upper and lower case letters, a number, and a special symbol. After three unsuccessful attempts entering the password, accounts are automatically locked. Accounts are also automatically locked after a specified time from lack of use. Currently, the general ledger the ICN uses does not require passwords. The ICN plans to install an upgrade in the fall of 2016 that will provide password requirements. Conclusion the auditor's office accepted the ICN response. Timely deposits. Iowa Code Section 12.10 requires the deposit of monies received within 10 days of collection. Of the 26 receipts tested by the auditor's office, six were not deposited within the 10-day time frame. Recommendation. The ICN should develop procedures to ensure all receipts are deposited intact and timely. Response, the ICN will continue to implement standards and procedures to ensure timely deposits, including requiring weekly deposits. The ICN will also discuss the audit findings with the individual assigned to this task to ensure the standards are met. Conclusion, the auditor's office accepted the ICN response. Capital Assets. Iowa Code Section 7A.30 requires each state department to maintain a written, detailed, and up-to-date inventory of property under its charge and control. During fiscal year 2015, 10 of the 77 capital assets tested for existence with a book value totaling $68,492 could not be located at the site listed. The capital asset was either relocated to a different site or had been disposed of entirely. 
recommendation. The ICN should develop additional written procedures and follow current procedures to properly report and maintain capital assets for financial statement purposes. Response. The ICN will review and update the current written procedures. The ICN is working on correcting a known system issue that impacted six of the ten question assets. All of these assets are fully depreciated. According to the asset system vendor, the problem can be fixed with a software upgrade that is scheduled for early summer of 2016. The other four assets were part of a consolidated asset created for Governmental Accounting Standards Board, or GASB, in 34 in fiscal year 2001 when the fiber optic transmission system room was consolidated. The auditor's office had required the consolidated assets to be split back out as they were upgraded. However, the engineers creating the transfers were not always looking into the asset system to remove all the assets listed at the site. Some, quote, passive equipment from the old asset system may have been uploaded as part of the conversion process from the old asset system to the new. Conclusion, the auditor's office accepted the ICN response. Statutory requirements. Iowa Code Section 73.16 requires the director of each state agency or department with purchasing authority in cooperation with the targeted small business or TSB marketing and compliance manager of the Iowa Economic Development Authority or IEDA to establish a procurement goal for certified targeted small businesses each fiscal year. The procurement goal should include construction but exclude utility services. The goal should be stated in terms of a dollar amount and at a level exceeding procurement levels from certified small businesses during the previous fiscal year. The fiscal year 2015 TSB procurement goal for the ICN was not set at a level exceeding actual fiscal year 2014 TSB spending. Recommendation. The ICN should establish a dollar amount procurement level exceeding that of the previous fiscal year. Response. The ICN will set the TSB spending goals above the certified TSB procurement level of the previous fiscal year to comply with the Iowa Code. Conclusion. The Auditor's Office accepted the ICN response. The audit report is available on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 29, 2016. Water Resource Coordinating Council Meeting. Quarterly Meeting. The Water Resources Coordinating Council, or WRCC, meeting was held on September 28, 2016 in Altoona. Secretary of Agriculture Bill Northey called the meeting to order. The following was discussed. Natural Resources. Adam Snyder's Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, stated that of the 150-point source permits that need to be issued, 92 have been issued to date, and 29 feasibility studies have been completed. Agriculture and Land Stewardship. Jake Hansen, Director of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, or DALS, reported the following eight demonstration projects currently being funded with money from the Water Quality Initiative, or WQI, will have their completion dates extended. A new request for urban demonstration project applications that will receive funding from the WQI will be announced in the next week or two. There were 900 new users of cover crops that received funding from the statewide practices allocation from the WQI in 2016. There were also 1,000 users that had participated in the statewide allocation in previous years. Buffer strips. Brent Lorenzen, director of Midwest Outreach of the Environmental Working Group, discussed the results of a study completed on buffer strips. 
The study included analysis of waterways in 37 counties in southern Minnesota. This land is used for agriculture production. The study also reviewed 1,800 miles of waterways in Iowa. The findings of the study were that in both states, a small number of landowners are causing environmental problems. The completed study will be available on the Environmental Working Group website in a few weeks. Regional Conservation Partnership Marty Atkins, Natural Resources Conservation Service, or NRCS, talked about the Regional Conservation Partnership Program that began in the 2014 Farm Bill. The program is designed to encourage conservation projects in watersheds that create a number of partnerships. Federal funding is available, but the goal is to leverage additional project funding from other sources. Projects funded in Iowa for 2016 include the Upper Cedar Watershed Urban Renewal Partnership located near Charles City. Federal funds of $1.6 million were awarded. The Midwest Agriculture Water Quality Partnership in the DALS that received $9.5 million in federal funds. The partnership has over 40 partners that have contributed $38 million in non-federal funds to build an innovative public-private collaboration to reduce nutrient loss and improve water quality. And the Improving Working Lands for Monarch Butterflies Partnership that received $6 million. Iowa is participating in restoring habitat for monarch butterflies on agricultural land. Iowa Watershed Approach. Alan Bonini, DNR, provided an update on the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD, HUD, grant awarded to Iowa for the Iowa Watershed Approach. The goals of the grant are to reduce flooding and advance water quality. The grant administrator is the Economic Development Authority and the total grant amount is $96.7 million. The grant will include funding to nine watershed sites that will fund a watershed management authority, develop a water assessment and watershed plan, and implement projects that reduce downstream flooding and improve water quality during and after flood events. The funding is expected to be available in October 2016. The next meeting will be held in the fourth quarter of 2016, but no specific date was announced. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Cazell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 29, 2016. Department of Public Safety Audit. Fiscal Year 2015 Audit. State Auditor Mary Moseman recently received the audit report on the Iowa Department of Public Safety, or DPS, for fiscal year 2015. The Iowa DPS is charged with promoting the safety of all Iowans from hazards associated with crime, fire, and traffic through law enforcement. 2015 Findings Findings related to statutory requirements and other matters included the DPS could not provide support for the payroll allocation percentages for payroll distribution for employees working on state and federal programs whose time is allocated based on actual activity. Errors appeared to be due to employee oversight. The auditor recommends that the DPS should ensure that employees record actual hours worked on each federal program rather than predetermined percentages. The department agrees and has taken steps to ensure that this will happen. The DPS did not maintain a complete listing of all personal services contracts effective for fiscal year 2015. The auditor recommends that personal services contracts should be properly approved prior to execution and a listing of all contracts entered into and outstanding should be maintained. 
The department agrees and has established standards to accomplish this. This item was also noted by the auditor in the fiscal year 2014 audit. There is a requirement in the Iowa Code that local fire officials file 90% of monthly fire reports with the State Fire Marshal Division within 10 business days following the end of each month for all fires causing an estimated damage of $50 or more or emergency responses by the fire service. However, less than 90% of fire reports are being submitted by local officials. The department responded that web-based software purchased in 2010 has made it easier easier for fire departments to report their fires. However, while the state requires timely reporting, there is no funding mechanism for this and the DPS does not have authority to sanction fire chiefs that do not report in a timely manner. This item was also noted by the auditor in the fiscal year 2014 audit. The full audit report can be found on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk-Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 29, 2016. Audit Report, Office of the Secretary of State. Audit Report Released. The Auditor's Office released a report on the Office of the Secretary of State for the year ended June 30, 2015. The auditor reported the following findings in regard to internal controls. Internal Controls Financial Reporting The generally accepted accounting principles or GAAP package is required to be submitted by the Office of the Secretary of State to the Department of Administrative Services State Accounting Enterprises or DAS-SAE by the first week of September each year. The following findings were noted. Accounts receivables were understated by $14,215. Prepaid expenses were understated by $12,731. Unearned revenues were understated by $9,767. And accounts payable were overstated by $6,000. Recommendation. The office should ensure the GAAP package information reported is complete and accurate. Response. The GAAP package information is being reported as accurately as possible. The office sought counsel from the DAS-SAE in how to properly prepare the GAAP package. With the change in administration, there were also changes in the accounting personnel that lacked specialized training on GAAP package preparation. The items referenced by the auditor have been taken under advisement and corrections will be made as necessary. The practice of the office has been to track prepaid expense items of $10,000 or more in accordance with the DAS-SAE GAAP team recommendations. The office stated that this will continue to be its practice. Conclusion, the auditor's office accepted the Secretary of State Office's response. Internal Controls Capital Assets Iowa Code Section 7A.30 requires each State Department to maintain a written, detailed, and up-to-date inventory of property under its charge and control. The office's capital asset listing was not properly maintained. Eight capital assets included on the list did not contain identifying information such as a state identification tag, serial number, and model number. In addition, two assets removed in fiscal year 2014 were not properly deleted from the capital asset listing. Recommendation. The office should develop written procedures that ensure a detailed, up-to-date capital asset listing is maintained. The listing should include identifying information for each asset, including a state identification tag, serial number, and model number. 
Response, the Secretary of State's Office Information Technology, or IT, department maintains an inventory of assets capitalized in other. All assets, with the exception of a Minolta copier, have been fully depreciated. There are an isolated number of devices that do not have an asset number. These include components replaced under a service agreement in which the office did not recognize additional expenses and in which the life expectancy of the asset was not extended. Additional asset tags have been ordered for these devices and will be installed. The office will also capture and record any of the missing serial numbers on the replaced equipment. Conclusion. The auditor's office accepted the Secretary of State office's response. The audit report is available on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, September 29, 2016. Audit Report, Department of Inspections and Appeals, or DIA. The Office of the Auditor of State has issued a report on the Department of Inspections and Appeals, or DIA, for fiscal year 2015. Findings related to the state's single audit. The single audit report included a finding of deficiency in the statewide average interval between standard surveys of licensure agreements of individual nursing facilities. The report found that the average statewide interval between standard surveys conducted by the department was 13.6 months, which is greater than the time period of no more than 12.9 months required by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS. The deficiency in the average statewide interval occurred as a result of employment vacancies for the surveyor. The auditor recommends that the department review its procedures to ensure that each facility is surveyed within the required timeline interval. The department provided a response to the auditor stating that it has taken the following actions in order to achieve the required average statewide interval between standard surveys. Reclassifying job positions, hiring survey staff, and hiring for individual surveys on a temporary contractual basis to fill ongoing needs and vacancies. According to the department, the average statewide interval between surveys has now decreased to 12.4 months as a result of these measures. The responses were accepted by the auditor. Findings related to internal control. The audit report included two findings related to internal control. Receipts. The auditor noted that although the department records receipts in the integrated information for Iowa one-third system, reconciliations of such records were not reviewed by a person independent of the department. The auditor recommended that this practice be applied to future initial one-third listings, and the department concurred. The department's response was accepted by the auditors. Contract attorney claims. The state public defender coordinates the provision of legal representation to some indigent persons through private contract attorneys. Contract attorneys must submit written claims for fees and travel expenses to the state public defender's office for review, approval, and payment. The auditor noted that the state public defender's office had not implemented procedures to determine whether the number of hours reported by court-appointed attorneys was appropriate or whether trips to the same destination on the same day were reported multiple times. The auditor recommended that the state public defender's office review individual claims and implement procedures to ensure the propriety of the number of hours and trips reported. The office responded by implementing an online claims submission system designed to cross-check claims. The office's response was accepted by the auditor. 
findings related to statutory requirements and other matters. The audit report made the finding that the targeted small business or TSB procurement goal for the State Public Defender's Office was not set at a level exceeding the fiscal year 2014 actual TSB spending as required by Iowa Code Section 73.16. The auditor recommended that the office establish a procurement goal as required. The office noted that the fiscal year 2015 procurement goal was reported by DIA administrative staff without the office's prior knowledge or approval. The office responded by changing the administrative process to ensure prior approval in the future. The office's response was accepted by the auditor. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561, and Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509.